Hello, listeners, and welcome. Twelve Sided Stories presents Otherworld London, an actual play RPG podcast that uses the seventh edition Call of Cthulhu system. We weave macabre, gaslight era tales of terror and suspense for your listening enjoyment. Our games are story driven and rules light. Now, our keeper for Otherworld London, Wes Otis. Let's jump right in and introduce our characters. We'll start with Terry. Oh, hello. I'm Terry Gamble playing Alizé Carew, um, known spinster. I'm still saying with a question mark because we'll see what happens. Um, and um, oak shop owner, antiques dealer. I'm Kelsey Osborne and I play Maggie Cooper. And while she might live in the East End and she might not have the status as some of the other ladies, I think some people in power are about to realize she still has power. Ooh. I'm Mac Beauvais and I am playing Ethel Prendergast who is an American transplant and recently got carted off to Scotland Yard for horrible reasons and she's pretty used to being under suspicion of bad things. And I'm Michelle Otis and I play Eugenia Penbottom of the Lancashire Penbottoms and she um, she got to see the general at the end of the last... <laughs> The last session. Uh, the oh, general's wow. general. The general's general. <laughs> Attention. <laughs> so, quick recap. In the last game, Ethel was taken to Scotland Yard for questioning. Ethel, Eugenia, and Alizé went to the spiritual society's meeting, and then suddenly a constable showed up and, <laughs> and, and took away. It was an ambush. He used to rest. It was super effective. Yeah. Basically got you guys out of the situation. Eugenia came home and found out that her husband had been in a fight with Mabel's husband and beat him up for something he said. She doesn't know what was said because after she approached him, he seemed to be in a, a fit of... Uh, Passion. Passion. <laughs> and, uh, and we left it on that note of her uh, being uh, ravaged by her husband. Willingly. Willingly. <laughs> Maggie, unfortunately, lost one of her prostitutes at the Rose Petal. Shannon was the one that had her face disfigured by acid. And she hung herself as a uh, result because she couldn't deal with the the depression of that and you met Harold the mortician Harold Graves <laughs> into it he, he took the body and said he would deal with it and that you would get a envelope of uh, money for your donation at some point so we all dig graves yeah oh. I'm so sorry but, but he could be the next Mr. Prendergast yeah. oh, yes. <laughs> Alizé you basically met Lucy, who is now at Eugenia's place. Mm -hmm. You've been afraid to go home. I have been afraid to go home, so I may have to make a stop. Okay. On my way. Where would you stop? Maybe to see, is Benny still around? Absolutely. Yeah. Can I maybe stop by and see him? Sure. Benny. We'll start there with Alice A. You leave and you decide that, that you're not sure that you can face your shop by yourself. 
as driver, I, I would actually like to make a stop um, along the way. If, uh, of if course, that's all right. Yes. Okay. Thank you. To this address. He takes you to to Benny's place. Uh, you knock on the door and. Mm-hmm. So, oh, I. Uh, how are you? I would. You... I'm so sorry to 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 bust in on you like this. I. It's it's been a day and and then some. I I, I just didn't want to be alone. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, uh, of course not. C- come in. I, I, I'll, uh, I'll have my uh, man get us some tea. Oh, great. Thank you so much. You go in, and it's not a huge house, but it's nice. and he, It's uh, definitely more of a, a bachelor house. Uh, it, you feel it probably could do with a woman's touch. <laughs> I was just thinking it. <laughs> Benny could do with a woman's touch as well. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he sits down and, and brings you tea, and he goes, I'm sorry to hear you've had a, a bad day. Does this have to do with the that Celtic thing you were telling me about earlier? Oh, no, no. Well, Kind of, but but not directly that. Um, I don't even know where to start, where to begin. So, you know, one our dear friend has passed on, and they're investigating into her death. And Miss Tillis, who's been the one who's been hosting, she feels that we. Uh, she's trying to frame us, I think. Me and my friends, my dearest friends, Miss, Miss Penbottom and Miss Pendergrast and, and Miss Cooper, she's trying to frame us, I think, uh-huh. for, for murder, I, th- I think. Oh, that's, that's terrible. I, I'm not quite sure w- what to do, but... Uh. Well, um... Uh, uh, my, my father's... Uh, well, that's what I wanted to talk to you. I was going to go by your shop. My parents are coming into the city next week, and I was wondering if you would mind meeting them. Uh, I would be honored. Well, uh, um, it will be next Tuesday. Is, is that okay? That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I am so excited inside. I'm screaming. <laughs> But I'm trying to stay cool in front of Benny right now. <laughs> I get to meet his parents. Oh, no. What are we going to say? What are we going to do? Okay. You're going to be adorably awkward together is what you're going to do. <laughs> okay. You guys have tea, and, and you stay as, as long as as is proper it's for someone. It's socially all right. It's socially all right. Ethel, you're in the carriage as you leave Scotland Yard. What? Where exactly do you want to go? <sighs> this is really difficult because I see sort of a few ways ahead. Part of me wants to go to... Was it a workhouse or where was it? It wouldn't have been a workhouse because Rose was a little higher in society. Where was it? Was her... a, it was a mill. a mill. She worked at a mill. A part of me wants to do that, but it's probably too late in the day to go and do that. Part of me wants to go fill in the other ladies, but everything's already been stressful. I think the largest part of me is really disgustingly rageful about everything that's gone on because she tried to get away from all of this kind of stuff when she was in right. America and this bitch comes along who's like I'm going to ruin everything. Right. I think Ethel might go back to her house and pull out 
the spell book and yeah. start digging through that looking for something to well, help her. Now, I actually thought that from the conversation that we have had about your growing obsession with it, yeah, that you probably have it on you because it is not a well, big no, she, oh, no, I totally have it on oh, me, okay. but I'm not going to do it in the carriage right. by street lamp where there will be very little light to look at it. Okay, cool. <laughs> so you're no, gonna it's go... totally with me. I don't leave it anywhere. <laughs> where are you going again? You're going to go back and study, or uh, yeah, I'm going to go back to my house, okay, uh, to look through it and see if there's something I can glean from it, or all right. Get some some answers, especially because we had contact with Rose at the graveyard. Right. So you get back to your house. We'll come right back to you. We know what you'll be doing tonight, uh, Eugenia. You. Uh, She's smoking a cigarette, and her voice has dropped two octaves. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, darling. <laughs> General. <laughs> Yeah, something about the fight. Uh, it lit a fire. In, yeah, it lit a fire inside <laughs> your husband that you haven't seen in years. Well, he was defending her honor. Right. Yes. And then she comes in all concerned and standing up for his <laughs> his fight. Of course. Right. <laughs> so. Woof. <laughs> 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 Oh, it makes me think of uh, young Frankenstein. Yes. <laughs> Maggie, you're you get back after your unfortunate thing and and Rick turns to you. Rick went with you and he's one of the workers and he says, "Oh, I I, I almost forgot. Here's my portion of earnings for this this week." So, uh, just so I know, the people in the collective mm-hmm give the money in a pot and it's equally distributed how does it work yeah so um everyone everyone pools all of their earnings for the week we'll say that we go on a on a weekly basis right and i assume that we have house meetings where we all decide how everything gets allocated so what bills need to be paid what do we need to purchase and then after whatever is left over from what the group has decided then we distribute for like extra money or people can put it in their little personal savings or whatever. Right. As you guys are standing there and he's handing you the money, a man in a overcoat with a hat on and the glass just obviously doesn't want to be seen comes in, takes off his, his hat and it's, it's Wilford. And he goes, I'm, I'm really sorry to, to bother you so late. Um, it was not, not really that late for us. I, I know. Um, uh, I was actually here uh, uh, to call on on Rick. I was wondering if I could have a are room. Are you are you here for business, Wilford? Yes, yes. Lovely. And he hands Rick some some money, and they go upstairs. You're kind of you, you sit there by yourself for a moment, and a few of the other women come up and they hand you their money, mm-hmm. right? And at some point, this woman comes down. Her name's Cindy. She's pretty young as well. And she makes the most money out of anybody because she's 18 and, and is attracting a lot of attention because mm-hmm. she's kind of the new... The new thing. The new thing. The new hotness. Mm-hmm. And she gives you, like, a smaller wad of money than you are expecting. And she goes, oh, I, I, I had a slow week. Um, 
Now, you haven't been around, so you don't know what's been going on. Mm -hmm. But about the time that she leaves, Fran comes in and says, Oh, uh, I took care of everything. I guess there was some... Uh, there, Miss Pimbottom said that she'll help the young girl. So oh, That's so wonderful to hear. Thank um, you for taking her there, Fran. It was hard to be around. Uh, I'm, not, it's, it's, I'm not used to that sort of it's thing. It's a whole other world how, over there. How did, how did everything go? Did you take her Shannon to Craggy? I did not take Shannon to Craggy. Um, I've donated her body oh. to science. Okay, that's probably the best thing. It's, it's better than what Craggy would have done to her. That's what I thought too. Even if they cut her there, at least it's not what Craggy would have done. I've heard rumors sometimes Craggy has... It honestly wouldn't surprise me, Fran. Yes. Anyway, have, have the girls started turning in the, their money and the uh, Yes, everyone's been bringing it to me tonight. Do you, do you have something to, for me to put in the, in the safe? I don't, I don't have much, but yes. All right, you've been dealing with a lot, Fran. It's okay. She gives you the money. She goes, do you want me to do the books or no? Um, if you wouldn't mind, that would actually be great. So she, she takes all the money, you know, goes up, and, and we'll get back to you mm-hmm. later, okay? All right, so... You get home, Alizé, to the shop uh, mm-hmm. with your house on top. Mm-hmm. And when you walk in and go upstairs, um, you notice uh, your upstairs door is open. And oh, there is there is this strange, it's almost like daylight coming from your room. I wonder, oh, I hope not again. Be brave, be strong. We go up the stairs. When you get to the top of the stairs, you hear what sounds like birds and like an open field or a, a, a small wooded glade. And you, you walk in and there's a bunch of trees just a few feet away from your door. And standing in front of it mm-hmm. is the antler man who now that you're closer to him you realize he's probably about seven foot tall right now (laughs) and his skin is is this jet black but inside his skin you actually see Carrie is dying (laughs) she's literally having to remove her hood because she's overheating um you see uh, inside, like, it's like... Tall, dark, and antler. <laughs> Ins- I am feeling all kinds of things right now. Yes, he's and, what? I'm sorry. Inside, it looks like there's almost stars or constellations oh. inside his body. Like, it's jet black, but you also see stars and And he's things. got the sun, moon, and stars and everything. <laughs> Okay, okay. Yes, I don't know. Um, (laughs) A man who literally makes you see stars. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So he's holding on to a spear that's got one of, it's like a, it's a Celtic spear. Mm -hmm. And he, he walks over and puts his, his hand out to you. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, um, I sneeze because there's all this, like, (laughs) foliage around. And then I take his hand. 
So he leads you to the edge of the woods, and what we're going to be doing is we're going to be cutting between you and Ethel. Uh, now, Ethel, you are studying the book. Yes. You're feeling very confident about the spells that you've found in there, and you're starting to piece together all the story that's within the margins that I, I've told you about. Mm-hmm. So right now, what we're going to do is check to see how much it affects you studying this book, okay? On your character sheets, there's something called Cthulhu Mythos. In this particular situation, when you study a book, you start getting Cthulhu Mythos points. Those points are reduced from your maximum sand. The more that you study these books, the more your sand will go down by its maximum. It's not your actual amount. Can you recover sanity points, though? Yes, you can. Okay, because I know I'm down quite a number at the Right, and, and and that's the other thing is, like, you can rest, and we will get into that where you can get back some points. Okay. You have been studying this for a while. Basically, what I want you to do is you're going to roll a D8, and that's how many sand points you're going to take right now. This isn't Cthulhu Mythos. It's just sand from learning from this book right so roll a d8 for me got an eight yep so for that loss now roll against your intelligence does she want higher low she wants she wants over her intelligence everything's been high Why'd I have to say anything? (laughs) (laughs) I think that would have happened no matter what. Mac is Mac has been literally cursed with this game. So yep, yep, that was damn it all. (laughs) So yeah. So as you're sitting there reading this book, you're starting to put all these pieces together. You're starting to understand the spells. You're starting to understand the book. Everything's coming together. You get four percentage points in Cthulhu Mythos. Okay. So put down four percentage points. And I'm, I have to recheck, but I think that the maximum sand is 99. It goes mm-hmm. to 99, and I started at 70. Right. Okay. Now, you're putting all this together, like I say, and Agatha comes in and mm-hmm. puts down your tea, and you suddenly feel so annoyed by her very presence that you lose your temper. You knock the tea off. She goes, oh, madam, are you okay? And you say something along the lines of, you are literally the worst person. You annoy me to the point of no return. And you stand up and you punch her in the face. And she falls to the ground. She's just so disoriented. And you just keep punching her and punching her and punching her. I only have one household servant. <laughs> oh, no. I can't kill this one. Oh, Motherfucker. <laughs> so she lays on the ground twitching. And you, after you beat her senseless... Oh, good. You sit back down and open up the book and start to read it because you're detached from reality. And as you're reading through, you come across this first passage. Do you want me to read it out? Yeah. 
Many believe that the Romans founded London, or at least the first version of the city, but this is wrong. The original settlement was named Cair Troia, and it was founded over 2,500 years ago by the first British monarch, King Brutus. The king was not completely human. In fact, none of the kings or queens of the Celts were. Instead, they were sired from humans and a magical race called the Shi. Back over to Alizé. Yes. So he walks with you to the edge mm -hmm. of the woods. Yes. And he <laughs> waves his hands, mm -hmm. and suddenly your dress falls to the ground. Oh. He, he points... Scandalous. <laughs> he points towards the woods and hands you the spear and starts to walk into the woods. Um, uh, this might be a little... He doesn't say anything. He just starts to gently tug on your arm for you to follow him. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm not sure how to turn around. <laughs> Do you look behind you? Yep. All you see is open field. Oh, we have been transported. <laughs> <laughs> is this a dream or is this real life? I think I'm just going to have to go with it. So you go into the woods and we'll come right back to you. <laughs> now. Alizé walking naked into the woods. Ethel, you're reading through just over the book you can hear... Uh, Agatha uh, moaning a little bit as she's still on the floor. And you read this next passage. The Shear, from what the layman know, is the fairy realm, but the Celts refer to it as the other world, an arcane reality intertwined with our own that some, like the She, could easily travel to and from when the stars were right. These beings were tended to by servants we know as fairies or the Fae. All right, Alizé. Mm hmm. Uh, what are you doing? Are you following as he's tugging on your arm and he put the spear in your hand and you're naked? What do you... I am very concerned because I think... <laughs> <laughs> I, my mind is telling me... Like, you know, my body's telling me yes. And I, I just love Benny and I, I, think, I think he wants me to marry him. And that feels real and this does not feel real. And I'm very, very concerned. Okay. But... Hi... Uh, I, I don't know your name. I don't know what to call you. Um, magical creature man. I feel things for you. I, I, I'm not sure what you want, but now I feel like I know he what you points, want. He points towards the center of the woods. Okay. We're walking, I guess. I'm not sure how I would get back to... Okay. Okay, so as you're walking, you hear laughter and the sound of wings. And every once in a while, you'll see like a little face come from behind a, a flower or whatever, and then, you know, spear it off. And so there's an, a kind of a, a opening in the woods, mm -hmm. and you see this large boar. And he points at the spear, mm -hmm. and then at you, and then he points at the boar. You want me to attack a bull? He shakes his head, nodding yes. Is this how you brought... You brought me a bull before. Is this how, where you brought it from? Uh, okay. Um, okay. Here goes nothing. All right, <laughs> <Adventure>! so... <laughs> we'll come back to you in a second. She's like, fuck All it. Right. <laughs> when in Rome... 
the other. So we go back to Ethel as she studies the book further. Though the she were close to being gods in Celtic religion and stories, there were actual gods above them. There were entities worshipped over all others, such as Cernunus, god of the hunt, fertility, life, animals, wealth, and the underworld. He, like the rest of his kind, would be completely alien to us. Alizé, how do you approach this boar that is standing there? Well, I have a spear, so I run. And try to stab it? Yeah, I'm coming for it. Okay. <laughs> so... <laughs> so you run across the clearing, and the boar turns towards you and starts rushing you as you're rushing in. And do you stop? I crouch down with my spear, steady as I go. This is something I used to play in the yard as a child. <laughs> I didn't think this was the real thing people would do. Well, your father was an adventurer. He was an adventurer. I would so read many books about him. You stop and you you basically hunker down and you you, you steady the, the spear as mm-hmm. this thing's running at you. Mm-hmm. Do me a favor and just make a straight luck roll. Mm-hmm. Let me know because this has no skill to it. You're just it's running into you. Yeah. Mm-mm. Okay. My luck is 35 and All right. 57. You put it down, and this thing runs full force into your spear and cracks it and hits you. You get trampled badly, okay? And you black out. And a little, you don't know how much later, you wake up, and the boar is dead a few feet from you with the spear in its head. And you're, you're bruised and you, you, you're very hurt. Mm-hmm. And the, the antler man is above you. And he helps you up and, and walks you over the boar. And he puts his hand. His hand has four fingers. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of padded like paws almost and mm-hmm. a thumb. And he puts his fingers into the, the wound. And he then he like gets his whole hand bloody. Mm-hmm. And he puts it on your face. You have this handprint on your face. Mm-hmm. And then he lays you back. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. So. Okay. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> back Cut to. to back to. Uh, don't leave me like that. <laughs> Sir Nunos has been known to take a human lover. Though Cernunos is most often seen as a male, it can shift to any form it desires. Those whom the god blesses are also given the ability to shift into wolves for the hunt. The gift is rendered as the lycanthrope curse in modern stories. While in our world, those affected by it transform at every full moon, compelled to hunt for fresh meat. Oh my god! So. What? What? So, but Jesus. So, back to Alize. Suddenly, suddenly you uh, you find yourself underneath this Celtic god, and you yeah. look up at the full moon, and you can't help yourself. You don't know why. You start. Ha- oh! <laughs> oh! 
You start howling uncontrollably. And that's where we're going to end your scene, okay? (laughs) Ethel, you finish reading that part. Mm -hmm. And suddenly you snap back into reality. You realize what the antler god has been doing. He's prepping Alizé. You know, you're not sure if she's in danger or not, but you also know that she could theoretically become a werewolf. And I like her more. <laughs> and at that point, you realize that your maid is uh, gasping for air after you beat her up. I'm going to throw the book aside and okay. fall to my knees at Agatha's side. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, uh, no, no, don't, don't, don't. I'm so sorry. I don't know what came over me. I was reading this book and I just, I got, I got so mad. I, and her face starts turning blue. (laughs) Is the Heimlich maneuver a thing yet? Like she's, she choking. Okay. No. Do you have first aid at all? I would take first aid. (laughs) Uh, no. Well, you have it at 30. Yeah, I mean, I have whatever the normal yeah. stat on here is, um, but I don't. I didn't take it as a particular... You can always try to help. Yeah, I guess let's do that. All right. So uh, she's starting to turn blue. Obviously, it, it, her windpipe's probably been broken. Fuck. 20 under 30. Ooh. See, when it matters, the dice help you out. (laughs) You help her, like, onto her side, and and I'd imagine you just start screaming because you're trying to yell for somebody for help. You're afraid to leave her. Um, Yeah, because I'm not very big. There's no way that I'm able to carry her. There's no one else in this household. I'm trying to think what Ethel would do at this point, too, because she's also not thinking. I think she would be in such a panic it'd probably be almost like driving her towards like a fugue state. Yeah. I think she would probably be holding Agatha in her lap and rocking and just crying at this point. Right. Cause I don't think she's going to have enough press. She's, I don't think she's going to scream cause she's been around enough of this stuff. Right. But I don't think that she's going to have enough presence at that moment to really go and do much about it. I think it's just there's so such a flood of information that she just shuts down. Right. That makes is, sense. And probably is just rocking Agatha back and forth, and she's just bawling her eyes out. We will get back to you, okay? Eugenia, you wake up the next day. You know, the house is strangely less stressful, and <sighs> everything is seems very nice. Mrs. Fitch is dealing with Lucy. You know that Ethel... Went to Scotland Yard, and then you're not sure what happened past that. You haven't talked to Maggie, and you haven't seen Alizé since she left her house. What are you going to do right now? I think I will probably um, pay a call to Ethel. Okay. Because, you know, just to... to That makes sense, because she went to the... She she went to jail. She went to jail, and I want to make sure she's okay, and... Okay, so you arrive at her house, and you knock on the door. Ethel, that's when you wake up. You, you wake up, and you've got 
Agatha in your arms and she's passed away and you hear this rap at your door um, and you realize what has happened. I'm going to very gently lay her head down. Okay. I'm going to cover her with the bed sheet and go to the basin and wash my hands trying to get, you know, I'm sure there's probably blood on on my knuckles at this point and straighten myself up as much as possible, which will be not very much. I feel like kind of has this sort of dead eyed stare at this point. Right. And you're overwhelmed by the situation. Yeah. But I think like, she's just kind of following like the, that kind of base programming of like, well, I have to go to the door and see who's at the door. Right. Kind of thing. So, um, she's going to try and get herself together and come downstairs and open the door, but like where she's just kind of peering out of the door a little bit. Okay. Hello, Ethel, my dear. How are you this morning? It's, um, this is not really a, a good time for me. Did they treat you well at Scotland Yard? Um, I, I, as well as someone who is being looked at for various indiscretions can be. Are you sure you're all right? You look a little pale. Even for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mm, I, 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 will, I will be fine uh, shortly, I hope. So uh, I, I do appreciate your, your call. And she kind of moves like she's going to maybe start closing the door. Um, I... I don't know that Eugenia would stop her. I think she probably will let her close the door and kind of go, Oh, well, I guess she's uh, under the weather. I'll go check in on Alizé. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs> Maggie, it's the next day, and Fran comes up to you and goes, um, We need to have a talk. Uh, well, as you know, everybody turns in their their funds mm-hmm. at the end of at the end of the week, so that we can pay the bills and pay people what they need to to survive. It's it's part of how we do things. And one of the girls is is light. She's she's done a lot more work than she's reporting. So, what you're saying is someone has withheld earnings from the group. Yes. Are you sure? I'm positive. You've checked the books and you've... Three times. Oh. Who, who is it? It, it? It's Cindy, the, the, the popular one. She, Cindy? She works every day, and I know she charges... Like, I think she charges two pounds a, a row, and... Yeah. She's, uh... She's able to charge a... She's, she gets a premium, rate. and she only turned in... You know, uh, four pounds. I know that she made at least 14. She's that short? She says that she... I spoke with her, and she says that some of her people couldn't pay the amount that I was thinking she could get. And she acted very... just weird. She acted very strange. All right, well, this doesn't seem like Cindy. I I don't know the girl very well. This house... I mean, we've all agreed on the terms, and this is very confusing. I, I think I'll have a talk with her um, in, in private, if you don't mind. Um, of course, yes. Just to see what's going on. Okay. 
as you're going upstairs, Wilford's going downstairs. He goes, uh, Did you enjoy your evening, Wilford? I, I do. I'd, I'd appreciate discretion, of course. That's our game. Thank you. Keeps, Come walks back any time. I will. But then he walks out. <laughs> That's way more chipper than he was expecting. <laughs> so uh, you go to Cindy's room, and um, uh, she's there putting on her makeup and wh- whatnot. Oh, uh, hello. How can I? How can I help you? Well, Cindy, I, I'm sorry. This is going to be a bit awkward, but I suppose the best way to come out with it is, well, just to come out with it. Um, you seem to be short. The books reflect that you brought in more this week than you turned into the house. Um. Well. I did not have as good of a week as uh, Fran says I did, um, and I didn't make as much money as I usually do. I, th- I think that's where the discrepancy is uh, from. And she kind of walks over by the, the window and kind of looks out, and she goes, but, you know, I'll, I'll do better this week, and, and, and next week, of course, I'll, I'm sure I'll, I'll have uh, more money for the, uh, for the, the pot. All right, well, Cindy, everyone in this house is treated as an equal. I, I, I know. I understand that uh, completely, and I'll make sure... And if sure. you have something going on, you know that you can talk to us about it. Oh, no, I, I don't have You're in some sort any... of trouble or, or something. No, Everyone I, in the house is here to support you. I don't have any trouble. Um, I just had an off week. Don't worry, it, it, it'll be fine next week. Do I believe her? Not so much. Okay. <laughs> like none. Of, I was like, do any of us believe her right now? <laughs> <laughs> Almost none of them be like, uh-uh. I'm not even there, um, and I don't can believe I make her, right? A, can I maybe make a spot hidden check to see... If, if she has, like, a wad of cash in her purse behind the bed yeah, or something or as like you're looking maybe, around the maybe room? maybe she keeps, like, putting her hand on something, like, right. to not... Go ahead. You know, just to, like, see... Uh, that's a 47 under my 65. You notice that she seems to be standing close to the window next to her end table. She's got her dress pressed up against the drawer. So she's kind of standing in a weird way and mm-hmm. kind of blocking the drawer. I'm going to just walk over to her and kind of sit myself onto the dresser that she's blocking like not try to open well, it's anything, a little end but, table okay i'm just gonna sit down okay on the, on the end table are you are you sure you're all right cindy i'm i'm really concerned she goes i'm fine i don't i don't appreciate your tone though i i had a bad week girls can have a bad week of course and and i i i feel like i'm being uh asked to give you more money than i have to give right now and i usually give you uh more money than any of the other girls here i do a lot of work about how much you contribute well it kind of feels like that i mean fran fran doesn't do barely anything uh she doesn't have to do many uh jobs at all she doesn't make nearly as much money as i do fran also helps upkeep the house she also does the books well some jobs are not worth as much as other jobs cindy we're all workers. All of us are contributing. Labor is labor. Mm, well, 
I'm not hiding anything, and I don't appreciate you saying that. Let me just put it this way, Cindy. If you don't wish to contribute your earnings to the house, that's fine. No one's going to force you to contribute. Mm-hmm. If you think that you can make more money on your on your own, outside of the house, you're welcome to do so. But the only way that we can all survive is by standing together. Mm-hmm. This world is hard enough for women and men like us. Well, I, like I said, gave all the money that I have for this week. So I have a client coming now. If you would please... Excuse yourself. I, I will get back to work. I'll let her have it. I'll, I'll, leave, I'll leave the room. All right. Okay. <laughs> so you head out. Mm-hmm. Now, go back to Eugenia, who is perplexed on what she just saw at Ethel's. Ethel seemed a bit off. But, you know, it's Eugenia, so, you know, you're not sure. And you head over to Alizé's. And Alizé's front door is closed. <laughs> and There's a handkerchief tied to the door handle. <laughs> her, her door is closed, but it's not locked. And the open-close sign is on closed, but you, you see that the door has not been locked. Oh, dear. Well, I'll, I knock on the door. Don't hear anything. I start to walk in. Alizé! Alizé, are you here? You don't hear anything. You, I mean, you see that the door to her bedroom's open, but you, you don't, you don't say anything. Well, this is strange. Well, I suppose I should go check on her. So you walk up to the top of the stairs, and at the foot of the bed, Alizé is curled up in this weird position, and she's covered and these markings all over her body, and they look like they're blood. They're, they're all these, like, little symbols all over her body. And she has this, what looks to be a handprint over her face, and she's asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Alize, Alize, are you all right? <clears throat> Alize, are you all right? Is this real life? Are you real right now? Yes, yes. I am. Are, are you all right? I'm concerned. I, I see, I see blood on you, dear. I don't mean to. Oh, right. Alice, Alice, and I shake her. I don't. Yeah, you got like dried on blood and uh, kind of crusty. I don't. Eugenia, I've had the strangest dream that I fear might not have been a dream. What happened? Wonderful things. <laughs> Terrible things. Um, I think I might need some water. Of course, dear, of course. And a bath. Of course, of course. Um, Let me get some that your, does those yes, things. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, um, where's your kitchen? This is going to be the coldest bath you've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be terrible, I'm sure. Uh, it's it's down down the stairs. There's a back stairs down that hall. Oh, Eugenia, the things I have seen. 
Oh dear, oh dear, and and I, I'm assuming I know where her powder right, is. and you start getting I her start cleaned running up, running a bath for her that's yeah. not warm. That's not warm. <laughs> it's the coldest thing ever, <laughs> and um, it will probably overflow by the time I figure out where her kitchen is right, and how to yeah, find water. Yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah. So <laughs> you trying so hard. <laughs> you clean her up. You know, you get her all whatever because you're you. You don't think about the fact that she's got markings all over her body, <laughs> and you wash it off, right? Uh, it's all it's just gone. Blood. Of yeah. course, I'm going to <laughs> wash, wash it off. off. So you just wash all this like all this like runic like <laughs> Celtic stuff that's written on her body, and you you wash you you're, you're washing and uh, you're thinking about you, you remember. Um, I have a flash of. I was in a, a meadow or a forest of some sort, and my room was a forest. I, I came home and there was light in my in my room, even though it, it was already evening here. Mm-hmm. And I opened the door and, well, remember the, the not quite a man, but, but the oh the antler man. Yes. <laughs> He was here. Oh, he, in your room? Yes. Without but my, a chaperone? But <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I did protest. I said such a thing. I said, um, let me stop. Before I came home, I stopped by Benny's. Yes. After your place, because I did not want to be alone. And we had a very nice chat. And oh, well, he's tea. a nice boy. His parents are coming next week. <gasps> next Beautiful. Tuesday. And we're, we're going to have dinner. And I think... But then I came home and I opened my door. There was a, a meadow or forest of some sort, and the antler man took my hand and dragged me into it. I didn't know how to turn around. Oh, my goodness. clothes dropped <gasps> off my body. Oh, my goodness. And I was naked. Well, that's generally what you are when your clothes drop off. <sighs> Virginia, I mean everything. Oh. <gasps> Even your knickers. Everything. My goodness. As the day I was born. Because there's there's English naked. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, there's exactly. like proper lady like, oh, I don't have my clothes. I'm naked. I'm naked. I'm wearing my knickers. I have a corset. I have a top. I have, you know. Nothing. <laughs> goodness. He handed me a spear and led me to a wild boar. I... Charged like I was a huntress of an ancient time. And that boar attacked me, but I attacked it at the same time. I and do as think. she's telling oh, you goodness. this, you notice that she has these huge bruises on her from where the boar right. ran her over as she stabbed it. And what happened to your body? I think that is from the boar. Oh, goodness. And then... I have heard they're dangerous. They are. Yes. Especially if they're in your room, I think. I don't understand. But I ended up... I don't remember much for a moment, but the next thing I knew, the man was there. And, um... Um... Well, something transpired. I... I don't know what I'm going to say to Benny. No, 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 dear. 
indiscretions occur, especially under enchantment, we'll say. Magical. You were not in charge of your faculty. That is correct. That right. is correct. Okay. Yes, yes. And yes. It I was taken into Benny. It was an otherworldly experience that I must let go. But think about every now and again from time to time. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, you are wicked. <laughs> what happens in the other world stays <laughs> in the other world. Um, oh, yeah, like, so flashes, yes. flashes of your romantic night include eating of a heart, uh, going on a second hunt, several lovemaking sessions, the whole nine yards flash in your brain throughout the whole thing. And it... it I don't know how in the future it will change your character, but um, and that's totally up to you. But we'll go from I there. I am at forever some point. changed. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Well, um, I think that. I mean, you had blood on your face. I d oh, did you kill the boar? You I'm, do remember that. Well, I well I recall my antler king. Uh, he <laughs> took his his hand. And I had taken blood from the boar, and he put it on my face. Oh, much like they do in a fox hunt, if it's your first time. Oh. I guess that was my first kill. Yes, I mean, I've never particularly liked the sport, but I do understand. Yes. I've never been much into hunting either, but I suddenly have a real thirst for it. Oh, look at you, Diana. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we're going to go from there. Um, you, Ethel, shut the door and you feel a presence behind you. And you hear this low escape of air from the room and coldness. What do you want to do? You're standing there with the door shut, the handle still in mm -hmm. your hand. I think it's kind of a what else moment. You know, I I think she's just, she's going to let her hand sort of slip from the doorknob and just turn around. A few feet away, you see your husband, Rose, your mother, and Agatha, standing there in the foray, right? And they start to come towards you. And that's where we're going to stop it. So, oh, golly. <laughs> thank you guys oh, so much. Goodness. That was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun with that. That was good. <laughs> I appreciate it very much. I hope you guys enjoyed it, too. So <laughs> let's take a brief moment to talk about social media. Uh, you can follow me at uh, Plate Mail Games on Twitter. You can follow the actual podcast on 12, the number 12, Cited Stories, 
all one word on Twitter. And we update often, and you can talk with the cast members. Just tag them, and, and they will answer any questions you might have. And all of the sound effects are done by myself and Michelle. She does a lot of the music. I do uh, a lot of the uh, horrible dead things. And so the things that you hear throughout, you can actually find on DriveThruRPG under Plate Mail Games. And you can put awesome audio into your own game. So that's where you can find me. Let's throw it to Terry. Oh, hi. I'm Terry Gamble. You can find me at terrygamble.com. Really easy. Um, and you can also follow another podcast that I am a producer on that is scary. Well, it's not really scary. We talk about scary things, though. Um, Horror Movie Survival Guide. You can find us at Horror Movie Survival Guide on the um, Instagram. We're also now on um, Stitcher, and we're um, soon to be on Spotify, and we are on iTunes. So find us there. And I am Kelsey Osborne. You can find me on the socials, Twitter and Instagram, at Kelsey Kelsum, K-E-L-S-E-Y-K-E-L-S-E-M. And I feel like this episode is a particularly good episode to plug something else that I do, which is narrate paranormal romance audiobooks. <laughs> uh, we had a lot of supernatural loving happen yeah, in uh, these last couple episodes here. So if you are into that, uh, specifically uh, shifters yes. of uh, anything on that regard, in uh, some steamy romance, go to audible.com. Just go and give me a little search and You'll see like 25 uh, paranormal romance books that awesome. you can uh, buy Down from Audible. Down for it. Down okay. for it. Downloading tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Mac Beauvais. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as at Strange Like That. And to jump on the horror monster hanky panky train, uh, you can also tune into Happy Jacks either via the podcast or the live Twitch stream where I am co GMing a game of Monster Hearts called Carefree High, which is basically a game about teenage sex monsters. It's delightful and wacky, and everybody is having an amazing time. So cool. check it out. Very it's cool. amazing. And I'm Michelle Otis. You can find me on Twitter on at Michulu, M-I-C-H-U-L-H-U. And I only wish I had something that involved horror and romance, but, you know, I I guess we'll get there. You're married to Wes. (laughs) This is true. (laughs) I'd like to point out that Mac literally beat me to that joke. (laughs) And she did it. So I I lost that joke there. Um, So thank you guys very much for uh, listening. Thank you, players. I, I had a lot of fun with this particular episode. It was really cool. And we hope that you will come and join us for the next Otherworld London. Goodbye.